Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's the podcast that delves into cuisine that is said to have founded modern cooking. French ingredients and dishes have been the starting block for many of the world's fab chefs and cooks. And on Fabulously Delicious, you'll learn all about those dishes and ingredients, as well as you'll get to know some fabulous French chefs and cooks in person. Oh, and also in our Story of series. Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast explores all there is to know about French food. I'm your host of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté. Enchanté. As an Australian living in rural France, my life is all about cooking, eating and living life the French way. Meeting wonderful food producers, chefs, home cooks, drinking amazing wines, tasting delicious cheeses and sharing these fabulous experiences with you, my fabulously delicious audience. Today on Fabulously Delicious, we're going to explore all there is to know about one of the most essential ingredients on any French dining and kitchen table, fleur de sel. It takes pride of place on the table and like many things in France has rules associated to it from how it's made to how it's used. So sit back, turn the volume up, If you're not driving, pour yourself a glass of wine, break a baguette, add a bit of saucisson and some cheese, (laughs) and enjoy today's episode of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast and Fleur de Sel. If you could describe a cooking ingredient as the pride and joy of any French household, then it could be said that Fleur de Sel would be in. From the salt marshes of France to the dinner table, this simple but delicious salt is not like any old salt. It has depth of flavour that makes it practically an ingredient on the plate all by itself. In fact, sometimes I just eat it by itself. My guiltiest of pleasures is to have the end of the baguette with some unsalted butter and some fleur de sel sprinkled on top. Simple and delicious. Before we talk about the fleur de sel, though, I feel that we need to talk about salt in order to give some context in the difference between fleur de sel and other salts, both here in France and around the world. Table salt, edible salt, or kitchen salt is composed mainly of sodium chloride and comes in many forms like coarse salt, fine salt, and of course, fleur de sel. Salt has been around, well, since before humans roamed the planet and has been known to us for as a seasoning or food preservation tool for, well, forever. It can be extracted from mines of rocks known as halite or from the sea and even salty springs. The cultivation of salt goes as far back as the Iron Age. It has been used in early religious rites with the Hebrews, Greeks and Romans and has also been seen as a great strategic and economic tool with trade taking place over long distances, even crossing continents. These salt routes became major communication and exchange routes. Salt comes in many forms. Natural salt is not refined and contains all of its natural minerals. France actually has three different grades for food-related salts. There's food salt, table salt, and cooking salt. France produces nearly 2% of the world's salt production, whilst China produces the most at around 21% of the world's production. Many natural salts, including fleur de sel, are harvested by hand 
and they have a unique flavour that changes from one region to another, depending on where they are from. Unrefined salt is richer in magnesium and iron, as well as trace elements. Refined salt comes from a process that bleaches the salt, which makes it sprinkleable and better for conservation. It is a more pure salt and is one of the most used salts in cooking and eating. Refined salt is also used in industry. Only 7% of this use is as a food additive, as refined salt is used in the manufacture of paper, textiles, fabrics, soaps, detergents and water softeners. Table salt is a refined salt, containing 95% or more of almost pure sodium chloride. Often iodized and fluorinated, it usually contains substances that prevent the clogging of crystals, anti-caking agents, and inverted sugar to prevent the salt from turning yellow when exposed to sunlight. And to prevent iodine loss by vaporization, it is usual to put a few grains of raw rice in salt shakers to absorb moisture when anti-cake agents are not effective enough. So what is fleur de sel? Well, fleur de sel comes from the thin layer of white crystals that form on the surface of salt marshes, usually by evaporation from the wind. It's larger than your average salt and would be more along the lines of size-wise of flaky sea salt, around four millimetres if you wanted to measure it. But really, who's out there measuring salt? Hmm. One of the characteristics of fleur de sel that points to its use in French cuisine is its soft and humid granular structure, which means that it's not suited to be used in meals on the table. Instead, it's best used sprinkled manually over foods usually at the end of the cooking process, to enhance the flavour of the dish. Because of the high content of minerals, calcium and magnesium, it has a sweeter flavour than other salts, and so it is perfect for making that finishing touch. Cost of fleur de sel is higher than other salts on the market around the world and here in France. Part of the reason for this high cost is that the production yield is less than conventional salt but it's also due to the labour process of the harvest of the salt itself. This high cost means that fleur de sel is often considered a luxury product of the kitchen. That doesn't stop all the French from having it on their table. Its name translates in English to flower of salt, and it's said to have come from the workers on the coast where it was cultivated centuries ago, saying that the salt collected on the surface of the waters represented a flower blooming. Fleur de sel forms mainly during summer afternoons when the temperature difference between the breeze from the coast and the warm air on the surface of the salt marshes is sufficient to fold the crystals of the salt. These crystals are thinner in particle size than other sea salts and because of that stay on the surface and never meet the bottom of the clay ground of the marshes, hence they keep their bright white colour. Sometimes the fleur de sel is tinted by a slight pink colour, which is due to the presence of algae in the water. Also, the larger particles of salt that are too heavy drop to the bottom of the marshes and take on a darker colour, and this is known as grey salt. Harvesting of fleur de sel is done manually and daily during the summer between the beginning of June to the end of August. This harvesting is always done in the evening, 
The crystals are taken from the surface of the ponds as they are very delicate and fragile. They must be harvested quickly. Also, if there's any rain, they must be harvested before the rain starts as it will dissolve the crystals. Before days of modern technology and satellites advising us when the rain was coming, the salt harvesters would know that the rain was coming by the presence of a fly that lives in the salt marshes. The fly's appearance meant that the salt had to be harvested because the rain or even the heavy dew would fall in the next 48 hours. Fleur de sel is harvested on the Atlantic coast of France with the largest volumes coming from the Grenade Peninsula, Ile de Noir Mortier and Ile de Ray. The harvesting of the Fleur de sel is done using a luce, spelt L-O-U-S-S-E. The luce is placed on the surface of the water and the crystals are harvested and drained and placed on tables to dry in the sun. The luce kind of looks like a rectangle at the end of a mop. It has perforated holes on it to drain the water and keep just the crystals. For centuries, the salt had been cultivated off the Atlantic coast but remained unknown to the broader French public. The production of the fleur de sel was done in small quantities and mainly for the sardine canneries in the region. But then the French public became known of the qualities of the fleur de sel through celebrity chefs and the rise of cooking shows in France in the 90s. Chefs became aware of its qualities and started to use the salt not for a salt crust or salted cooking water like other salts is used for, but instead to dress the dish, finish it off. Because fleur de sel dissolves quickly, it penetrates the food and seasons it better than other salts. In 2012, fleur de sel de Grenade was recognised throughout the EU with an IGP, or Protected Geographic Indication. An IGP is a sign of identification of the EU, of the European Union, that designates products whose quality or reputation is linked to the place of production, processing or development, but whose ingredients do not necessarily come from this geographic area. The IGP is a legal device that guarantees that at least one of the steps, production, processing or development, has been carried out in the place displayed by a product. All IGPs must also meet precise specifications, but unlike the French AOC, the IGP does not guarantee the implementation of recognised know-how of local producers or the local origin of the ingredients. So if we bought some fleur de sel and it can't go in a salt mill or a salt shaker, then how do we keep it? The ideal way to store that precious salt is in a stoneware or terracotta pot so that it will retain all of its taste properties and it should be stored away from the light and moisture. But remember, it's not for cooking, it's for dressing the dish. It's the final touch. Apparently, fleur de sel is even great on a bit of chocolate. I might try it on some ice cream. Oh, that could be delicious. If you're in a brocante here in France one day and you're having a look around, have a look for a fleur de sel container. You'll often see them there and be able to pick them up for a couple of euro. That's it for another episode of Season 3 of Fabulously Delicious, the French Food Podcast. Early next week, there'll be a bonus episode, a new series I'm creating called The A to Z of French Foods, and we're starting with herbs. 
If you like this episode of Fabulously Delicious, please share it around with your friends and family. I'd love to be shared around. Give me a rating if you're listening via Apple. Leave a review. A good one would be fabulous. Merci beaucoup. Subscribe wherever you're listening if you haven't done already. Through Fabulously Delicious, you can dream of fabulous French food and learn all about it. But you can also experience the best of French cuisine and culture by checking out my Instagram, at Andrew Pryor Fabulously. For your dream French life inspiration, YouTube for cooking and travel tips at youtube.com forward slash Andrew Pryor. And of course, subscribe to Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. My name's Andrew Pryor. Thank you for listening. And remember, as I always say, my motto is, whatever you do, do it fabulously. Bon app. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.